By the way, do you hear uh, something right now in the background? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> so I live next to the mosque. So Tamanzanianjing. Oh, like a Muslim mosque. Yeah, I literally okay. crossed the street from one. And <laughs> <laughs> nice. And we're back with another episode of Food in the Hood. That's right. And today we're bringing the show to you from a different place, at least for Amanda, aka me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so where are you now? So it is Christmas season, and I am back home in Malaysia. Wow. And Ben is still in the Netherlands, so we still have a huge time difference. <laughs> yeah, we're, I don't think we're super used to this. I know, right? I don't think we've been in the uh -huh. same time zone since like 2020. So true, it's true, all good. true. Yeah, no, no worries. Yeah, it's uh, we have a very digital solution to our podcasting exactly uh, production. This is a yeah. global world, and this is a global uh -huh. podcast. <laughs> <laughs> very true yeah and i i don't think this is the first time that you're in asia and i'm somewhere else and we're doing the recordings we've definitely done a few episodes where yeah. i was in asia and you were in the Nether mm -hmm. netherlands yeah we're transcontinental always now. oh yeah there's always like what? either the pacific ocean or the atlantic uh -huh. ocean separating. <laughs> <laughs> true 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 yeah yeah and um yeah well this is can also be the last episode of 2020. Yes, that's right. With only a week more to go till 2023. It's kind of crazy to think that we've been doing this for a good four years now and it'll be five years next year. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, uh-huh. It's still it, more uh, content. Yes, yes. We have a lot more uh -huh. exciting content planned. But for today, um, we thought it'd be really cool to talk about um, kind of the beverage side of the industry. Uh, so I recently went to a conference called BevNet and, you know, we, we, we were like, hey, let's talk about it a little bit because the food and mm -hmm. beverage industry is pretty big. And I think the beverage industry has a lot of really interesting things about it um yeah that might not and now apply you're deep in the industry. industry yes i am that's right <laughs> <laughs> so deep <laughs> yeah so uh and maybe you could introduce well i think you said something about your new role uh a while ago oh uh, on yeah pod, right but, yeah uh, and maybe i'll just say it again so um my background is entirely in beverages so I started off with PepsiCo, um, working in the beverage side of the business, uh, starting on long-term research and then moving into product development for Gatorade. And then earlier mm -hmm. this year, I moved to a different company called Tate & Lyle. So we are an ingredient company and I predominantly work with beverage customers. Um, so kind of working with them to find solutions, whether it's for sugar reduction or it's you know, um, stabilization for, I don't know, plant milks or, you know, systems mm -hmm. that require a little bit more technical help. So we kind of do nice. everything. We, we work with all sorts of food categories, right? Soup, sauces, dressings, baked goods. But my dominant uh, client base is all beverage, com uh, beverage companies. Ah, nice. Yeah. And uh, how was BevNet? Yeah, so BevNet, um, we're, we're, we thought we might touch on BevNet today. And just to give a little bit of background, BevNet, um, it's kind of an organization that has its own, you know, podcast, magazine, awards, events, 
every year. Think of it as IFT, but specific to the beverage business. So mm-hmm. every year mm-hmm. they do something called BevNet um, Live, which they and the one that just um, happened was in in December in Santa Monica, California. So mm-hmm. um, it was a nice location. It was, and they did it in December <laughs> in California. Nice, awesome. <laughs> very, very, very smart of them to do that. Um, but essentially, you know, it's a place people go to to discover the latest trends, to network with the beverage community. Um, so this year, it was very, very heavily. Um, so you know how like beverage trends come and go, right? A couple years ago, it was mm-hmm. CBD drinks, right? And now... Oh, wait, is that trend already gone? I don't think it's gone per se, but I think it had its hype and moment and it's kind of died down a little bit. Um, okay. One of the reasons being that with CBD and weed and all that stuff, legislation is really hard to get. You know, every state's legislation works a little bit differently. Right. Mm -hmm. So it's hard to develop a product and sell it across the whole U.S. just because you're working with so many different state legislatures. I see. I um, see. That's part of the reason. But this year, the trend was definitely ready to drink cocktails. Ah, okay. Yes. I don't know. What's, What's it like in the Netherlands? Is that something that you guys have seen? Well, there's definitely pot water still. Uh, (laughs) The CBD infused drinks. Uh, (laughs) Yeah, consider the uh, the long history of recreational uh, yeah uh, marijuana uses here. Because like I like beer, so I make more observations with beer that there are certainly these type of IPA or the American sour beer Mm -hmm. type of breweries, like microbreweries, popping out. And it, it and it's popular. It's, it's got its own crowd, right? But the the just like the traditional beer selections and the quality of it is just so good. Mm-hmm. I feel like it's not worth for some people to even switch or explore. Right, and a lot of right. people would just straight up say like they hate IPA. Oh, uh, like within even within a specific beer category, there's a, already a lot of options that people would just kind of like explore within that category. Yeah, 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 exactly, exactly. Mm. So that's why um, I feel like it's harder to do any type of quote-unquote innovations here. Mm-hmm. Um, that's so interesting, huh? I feel like the situation in the U.S. is a little bit different. Um, in some sense, right, we do see uh, alcoholic trends shifting. So if you think about like Anheuser-Busch, InBev, um, Molson Coors, right, very traditional American brands. Actually, I don't know mm-hmm. if Anheuser Busch in Beth is 100% American because there was like a merger, but they're Belgian. Um, <laughs> yeah, part of it is Belgian. Part yeah. of it is Belgium. Um, yeah. but I think they're losing share to more microbreweries type of beer, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and then they're also losing shares to, uh, if you think about like White Claw seltzers, right? That was a huge thing a couple years ago. It's still right, kind of right, a thing right. now, but it, it is not as big as it was, like let's say at the peak of the pandemic. Um, and then right, right, right now, right. ready to drink cocktail is the new category that is emerging. So I feel like here you do see those trends change every year, two years. It's the mm-hmm. pace of innovation is a lot faster. And part of it is that consumers' appetite 
to try new things is pretty strong in the U.S. I would say like people yeah, always that, want to try. That's quite new. interesting. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So because when you talked about red drink cocktail, I I was thinking more like a white claw, but those are、oh, seltzers, hard seltzers. Yes.、Uh, but so, this is like true, like. Cocktail, cocktail、yeah. type of stuff.、Uh-huh. Yeah. So that's that's that's. I should clarify. That's a really you know interesting thing is that、uh, when we talk about seltzers, like hard seltzers, typically they are lower ABV, so maybe five percent at most, eight、um, percent. Yeah. They're yeah, like yeah. lightly flavored, right? A lot of citrus, berry, etc. The ready to drink、mm-hmm. cocktail category is、um, typically true to. Traditional types of cocktail. So, if you think about a margarita, right? There are traditional ingredients that go into、oh, it, or like、okay. an espresso martini,、um, mm-hmm. or like a Moscow Mule. Right? It's basically a cocktail that you can get at the bar, but instead of getting it at the bar, you can get it at home. So instead of paying fifteen、yeah, dollars for exactly, so instead of paying、uh, like fifteen dollars for a Moscow Mule at the bar, you can pay fifteen dollars to buy like a four pack, and then you can just drink it at home. Yeah. And part <laughs> of what drove this trend was, I think, COVID, where people were staying at home and experimenting with making their own drinks, and you know,、um, why would you pay?、On. Right. Right. Exactly.、Uh-huh. And it's something that's easy. Right. It's like full flavored because seltzers、uh-huh. typically are a little bit lighter in flavor, lower in alcohol.、Uh, Ready to drink cocktails are typically like bolder and fuller in flavor, stronger alcohol、uh-huh. content.、Uh, so there is like a product differentiation from your typical seltzers, which makes it you know a new category of its own. I see, and typically those are more expensive because I've never bought one. I saw Bacardi was selling some, maybe. Oh yeah. Uh, yeah, I don't, I I don't know if they're for sure. I think they're like slightly more expensive than the、uh-huh. typical seltzers,、um, but I'm not sure by how much more. It's still it definitely be... way cheaper than getting it at the bar. Oh, for sure, for sure. Yeah, but then the the、um, kind of the I don't know consumer persona or whoever's buying this、mm-hmm. is more towards is this still like a party drink type of thing because I think seltzers was kind of the replacement for some of the、um, you know light beer or、um, you know pilsner type of beer but、yeah. this is something it's also kind of targeting the same population or yeah I think it、else? is. Um, I think、uh-huh. it's kind of still. I think it kind of fulfills both occasions, right? It can be something you drink at a party, and the benefit、uh-huh. of this, like, let's say you really like whiskey, right?、Um, you could,、mm-hmm. you know, sip whiskey straight with like an ice、um, ball inside, or you could get like a whiskey type cocktail, right? A cocktail with whiskey. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The benefits of the ready to drink cocktail is it's lower ABV content than a.、Um, Drinking like whiskey straight, right? So you can、mm-hmm. hold it longer and sip from it and stay sober longer while you socialize. Yeah, yeah. Like yeah. they did some research,、uh-huh. and like part of the reason that people are gravitating towards these、uh, lower ABV drinks is that you can drink them for longer, which <laughs> allows you to socialize.、Right、<laughs> exactly. <laughs> like getting hammered right away. Maybe you want、uh-huh. that when you're like twenty, but <laughs>、uh-huh. maybe you don't want that a little bit less when you're like thirty-five,、yeah. and you just want to talk to your friends、cool. and be like a little bit buzzed. Yeah,、um, yeah. No, that that makes sense. And this is,、um, and would you say that this is also kind of the flavor diversity of 
consumer what the consumer are demanding for larger flavor diversity in terms of uh, alcoholic drinks. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, I th- I think absolutely because I think in the seltzer space, like the they always try to come up with new flavors, but it's always mm-hmm. some sort of fruity flavor if you think about it, right? Maybe in the summer mm-hmm. they have like a coconut uh, with some pineapple. Or they yeah, have yeah, like yeah. you know strawberry, blueberry, uh, citrus. It's, it's. I mean, the but that's what sells, right? That's what people like. Um, mm-hmm, I think mm-hmm. with cocktails, you're bringing in not just like fruity flavors, but also like, you know, when you make a cocktail, you put things like bitters, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. Things like that to make the flavor mm-hmm. a little bit more complex. So I yes, think that's something yes, that is absolutely. definitely different. And that consumers mm-hmm. are interested in, yeah. And you can always, I think, to me, part of uh, I'm not a big cocktail drinker at all. Mm-hmm. But um, I just felt like with cocktails, you're adding a lot of the non-fermented flavors, like mm-hmm. coming from a more beer wine, like fermented beverage drinker mm-hmm. perspective. It's like you're experimenting with a lot of the, um, the non-fermented, more everyday flavors, unique. Mm. Uh, uh, distinctive uh, flavors mm-hmm, from mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. By non-fermented flavors, you mean? See, it's not. It's not like the malic acid from wine. It's not the um, lactic acid from some beers. It's not. It's more um, spirits, right? It's definitely less beer and wine. It's more spirits. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it has some similar ABV content too. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Of, uh, yeah, that's a yeah. good observation because like you're uh-huh. drinking something that it's like low or mid ABV, right? Like right, it could be right, eight right. or nine percent ABV up to maybe like fifteen percent ABV. But mm-hmm. like you said, it's not a beer. It's not a wine. It's spirits, which are usually high ABV, like forty percent ABV, but diluted. So yep. a different yep. kind of occasion for a traditional mm-hmm. spirit. And you take your scotch, whiskey, bourbon, tequila, vodka, and you just dilute them down, <laughs> add a lot mm-hmm. of flavor, add a lot of other yep. things. Um, you know, the thing mm-hmm. is there's so many different cocktails out there that are traditional, right? Yeah, like you yeah, order yeah. a margarita at this bar versus that bar. They could be a little bit different, but they're still similar. I think like mm-hmm. consumers are getting what they're already familiar with in a can, but with like a little twist. Because I feel like whenever you mm-hmm. introduce a new product to the market, you always want to have like one thing that is already familiar to people, so they're willing to try it, and then one mm-hmm. thing that is really new to people, so that it kind of piques their interest, right? So I think like the ready to drink cocktail space kind of bridges both of that in mm-hmm. a very interesting way. Yeah, and sorry we've uh, we've really been stuck on this topic for a long time. <laughs> <laughs> We're supposed to talk about Beth the Nutt. conference. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> but, you know, the ready-to-drink cocktail part was actually a really big part of the conference. We had, like, three or four different events just about that. Okay, interesting. Yeah. What were people talking about? Um, one of them was a research firm that was sharing these insights about ready-to-drink cocktails. So, um, you mm-hmm. know whether whiskey based, tequila based or vodka based was the most popular and is it, you know, different demographics uh, prefer different things mm-hmm. like millennials really like whiskey based cocktails uh, per- compared to other generations, etc. So there, that was one of the events. Um, another mm-hmm. one was like a ready to drink cocktail showdown. So you had 10 different startup companies 
who get five okay. minutes to pitch to a panel of investors, like real investors, right? Oh, so it's who, like a Shark Tank. It's like a Shark Tank, yeah, but okay. very specific uh-huh. to like ready to drink cocktails. Um, yes, yes. And then based on that pitch, you know, you, there's like the panels will pick a winner, etc. But you also get to watch the pitch. Um, mm-hmm. There was a, you know, there were different sessions for different things. But I would say, like generally, this BevNet event really seems to be geared towards um, beverage startup founders because a lot of the events mm-hmm. were about things like, hey, how do you pitch your product to Kroger or Walmart to get shelf space? Like this is what these big retailers care about. Um, you have to have like a proven track record of X Y Z. Um, this I is see. how you uh, approach and appeal to investors. Like it's it's very geared towards that type. I feel like that's like a startup founder has the most to gain from this conference mm-hmm, mm-hmm. this year. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Which is interesting because you know I'm not a startup founder, but it was it was very interesting to see. Right, right, right. And certainly, there's very less scientific. Type of components. Oh yeah, yeah. It's uh-huh. very business oriented <laughs> for sure. I see. Yeah. I see. Interesting. Interesting. Yeah. And um, so I was also wondering because、uh, you also mentioned that there are a lot of startups, and、um, perhaps、uh, we could touch upon the topic of、uh, like these venture arms of、uh, large multinational. Companies? Yeah, absolutely,、uh-huh. and I won't say which one, but we definitely had some large beverage company、um, who have their own venture capital arm come to the event. So mm-hmm, this mm-hmm. is something I didn't realize, right?、Um, that was、yeah. so prevalent across the beverage industry or just the food industry in general. Um, but I realized that a lot of multinational food companies have a venture capital arm. So, for instance,、um, Anheuser Busch InBev, they have a、uh, kind of branch off company called ZX Ventures, which is、mm-hmm. a global investment and innovation group. So, they will selectively invest in beverage focused companies, like you know,、mm-hmm. cocktail startups. Um, or more technology-focused companies like precision fermentation, and right, it's not right, only right. the beverage industry. If you look across the whole food industry, you have companies like Mondelez, Kraft, Hormel, Tyson. They all have their own venture capital arm,、mm-hmm. and that's just really interesting to me because I think food companies are always trying to innovate internally, but I think the、yeah. bigger a company is, sometimes the harder it is to innovate, and you kind of have to, you know. What what is that saying? If you can't win or fight them, bring them in, or something like yeah, that. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> you just like give in, or yeah, you, well, because I think all these companies could potentially just buy these small. Right, but、uh, you want to have like an early stake in these companies,、oh, right?、Yeah. And kind of like see、Absolutely. what's going on. You want to keep、yeah. your competitor close. <laughs> right, 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 and it's also sometimes mutual benefits to the uh, startups. Uh, Which they could use,、uh, let's say,、uh, these larger companies would have a dedicated、uh, technical team、uh, from、mm-hmm. Tain Lyle or some、yeah. other companies, so they could share these type of formulation expertise and、Absolutely. to take their product to the next level. Yeah,、right? uh-huh. if it works properly, the relationship is definitely very mutually beneficial. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you know, we we can name probably also some negative cases、uh, in terms of、uh, <laughs> taking money from a more specific type of、uh, venture capitalist than、yeah. just some general VCs. Yeah. Right. 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 Right.、Uh-huh. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah, a good、yeah. point because you're, you know, these are like, you're, you're not just taking money from them, but you're also gaining their expertise, which you might not、mm-hmm. gain from like a traditional, more traditional type of VC PE firm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. So there are, it, it's interesting, and to see how, because as we were discussing, right, like the beverage industry or product development in the beverage industry has. Quite of a low bar to、mm-hmm. to int to 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 enter, or or、uh, it's more of a concept driven、mm-hmm. um, market than something more technical per se. Yeah, yeah.、Uh-huh. You know that's a that's a very good point. So like, for instance, Tyson Foods, they have their own Tyson Ventures, right? And yeah, yeah, yeah. They might invest in things like Beyond Meat, Memphis Meat, etc. But that's like, those are very. You know their IP is in their technology, right? Their、mm-hmm. their biggest advantage is, you know, one of their biggest advantages, the technical expertise behind their products. But if you look at a beverage company, I think a lot of times, not to say that beverage beverages aren't complex, but I think they can be sometimes simpler systems, right? Than your alternative meat or extruded snacks. Um, so as a result,、mm-hmm. you know your success as a beverage startup, like it still needs to be a good tasting product, but your reliance on technical expertise and guarding your IP and all of that, it kind of doesn't matter as much. And I feel like your marketing, your what's、mm-hmm. the story you're telling, your distribution channel, like all of that, like yeah, those make a a, a lot of difference.、Um, instead, you know. Right, right. Or it's well. On, on one hand, you can argue, "Well, it's easy to make a drink."、Mm-hmm. But on the other hand, it's like, "Well, even if you make a tasting drink,、mm-hmm. it still can't succeed." Right? right. You still need much more.、Mm-hmm. Unlike if in some of the other categories of food products, if you make a if you make a you know meat analog that's、mm-hmm. deadly similar to meat and it、mm-hmm. tastes also like meat that you you're almost guaranteed for some success right、uh, right but, but people will line up、case. to be your distributor <laughs> compared to a good tasting <laughs> yeah. beverage <laughs> yeah exactly because there's simply too many good tasting、yeah. beverages that's that a really good point because、yeah. the bar is so low for beverages like. It's really easy to enter the beverage market. You have an idea, you have a concept, you test it out, you find a co-man, you make it right, and、yeah. then you can distribute it because it's comparatively easier for people to enter. I think a lot of、mm-hmm. people try to get into it.、Um, in addition, because beverages are very high volume,、mm-hmm. right? Because、yeah. you drink them all the time. It's not like a can of mushroom soup that you buy maybe like every two months. Um, it's also very high profit margin because it's mostly water, right? You're just shipping water with、mm-hmm. some sugar and acid and salt.、Um, <laughs> so it's, it's a very scientific description right, of all、yes. these、uh, <laughs> drinks. Yeah, but it's it's easy to get into. So the market is、mm-hmm. oversaturated. So it's you、yeah. have to really stand out, right? That's true.、In、That's true.、Way. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So it kind of requires a different set of innovation skills. Mm-hmm.、Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, that's that's pretty 
cool. And um, well, the other thing was maybe we could briefly touch on is all these gamer drinks now. Yeah. That, uh, like the category is so specific now that you have <laughs> these subcategories of yeah. drinks or energy drinks specifically for gamers. I know. I don't think but, people realize um, like the segmentation that occurs within <laughs> the beverage industry because people are just like food. You have a lot of stuff beverage it's all liquid based like what is there to talk about right (laughs) but yeah yeah, you know we have um you know carbonated soft drinks we have um seltzers with alcoholic drinks right we have yogurt drinks etc um all sorts like there's a lot of different drinks and you can categorize the beverage industry by either like the consumption occasion or how the product is made, whether it's hot fill, cold fill, tunnel pasteurized, um, mm. or the, you know, occasion, right? So I think energy drink has always, not always, but energy drinks, um, you know, it actually, you could say that it even includes things like coffee and tea, right? But I think when yeah. people talk about energy drinks, a lot of people think of like Red Bull, Monster, um, mm-hmm. kind of like carbonated soft drinks, but with, caffeine and i think ben you had an example where people are looking for a dairy-based gamer drink that provides energy which is kind of different yeah i i just saw this um also it was just a brief glance over um of a news brief the uh winner of the student product competition uh organized by the national dairy council uh was a uh dairy-based gamer drink Mm -hmm. so well, like the dairy uh, console, right? So it has to, the more, well, their main mission is to promote uh, dairy-based food and dairy-based food uses. And I was just surprised how they were looking at such a small and niche category yeah. of making a dairy-based gamer drink. Right. And then I started to look a little bit and there are so many different gamer drinks now you can just buy. From, really? Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I don't think many of them are in supermarkets per se but Mm. you can certainly get them through e-commerce interesting yeah what are some examples or interesting things that you have seen in that category uh well i saw a video that their 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 audience on the youtube channel is more towards gamers and Mm -hmm. you know uh, techies Mm -hmm. and they uh, reviewed 20 gamer drinks and there are some more classic ones right you they count mundu uh uh, red bull uh rockstar monster these type of drinks but Mm -hmm. there's also like a mountain dew i think there's also game game fuel mountain dew oh yeah yeah yeah, so things that are more already within the classic brand you have drinks Mm -hmm. that are right like a parent brand with like a branch off that is more specifically designed for gamers yeah, Maybe yeah, it has yeah, like exactly. certain ingredients to help you focus better and stuff like that. Uh-huh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's something. Um, and, and most of them are just in general more energy drinks, mm-hmm. but they could be more, I guess, a little bit more uh, popular among mm-hmm. the gamers. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, that kind of makes sense, right? Because gamers, I feel like they always want to improve things like accuracy and alertness. Um, Even if it's Mm -hmm. marginally, because people would spend like a thousand dollars on a keyboard that is just a little bit faster, right? Yeah. Or like a monitor that has like (laughs) a little bit faster of a refresh rate. So if there is a drink Uh out there that would give them like a slightly more competitive edge, 
I feel like yeah. people would actually like really buy it. Like you know, that's a well. There's no drug test for e. Well, at least right now, <laughs> there's no drug <laughs> test for uh, that's e-sports. so true. Yeah, no one, <laughs> yeah. no one has ever gotten into a doping scandal just because they yeah. like <laughs> drank something before they played like Call of Duty. <laughs> yeah, true. Exactly. So that's something. Yeah. Maybe. I, 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 well, coming back to this beverage topic, yeah. it's just something that's so specific, and you can. Uh, it, it it's almost like it has to be attached to some other trendy things to make your trendy drink work. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I see what you mean. Yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. it's like latch onto an existing thing that people already know, right? But with additional mm-hmm. benefit. It's like yeah, here's yeah, your yeah. carbonated sweet drink with caffeine that you already know, but we're gonna add a little bit of extra ingredients to make it mm-hmm. even better. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And some of them are also kind of, let's say, uh, cultural or ethnic uh, driven type of concepts, mm. right? And bring it to a slightly more globalized and diversified market. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, yeah, that's true. Uh-huh. So going yeah. back to what you mentioned, which is a dairy based gamer drink, are there mm-hmm. benefits that the dairy provides that maybe uh... other type of gamer drinks? um don't have yeah let's uh let's look at it i'm uh i'm just gonna open Mm -hmm. the uh, uh, yeah so this is the uh 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 the finalist yeah so it's a uh well this (laughs) it's kind of funny the uh this is the f- competition from 2022. So this year, so the prompt mm-hmm. opened in 2021 by the National Dairy Council and the uh, finalists, they were announced in 2022. Mm-hmm. And this drink, I'm just going to read the press release. Uh, so uh, it's called Moba Boba. So Moba it's actually Boba. Also has a, yeah, it also has Boba. Uh, component oh. so this is a dairy-based energy drink with high protein boba gummies so i guess instead of tapioca they use some more protein-based ingredient to make the traditional boba it's perfect for gamers who want a mess-free product for their energy needs mm. mess-free so so like you don't have to you can just drink it right you don't mm-hmm. have to touch anything because your hands are busy with keyboards and mouse uh-huh. I guess. Um, but so your mouth is free, so take... you can chew on the boba. Is that the okay? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like, yeah. Could be a choking exactly. hazard if you're trying to communicate <laughs> with your teammates. Like, wait, yeah, don't that's... shoot, and then like you that's choke. True. Yeah, <laughs> but I don't know. Keep going. So it's more like solo gamers uh, would, right. would, would okay. prefer okay. this. I see, so I this see. drink contains two parts. Right? The carbonated pineapple flavor energy drink is made of from uh, an acid whey and whey. Whey phospholipid protein concentrate. So mm. some very specific ingredients that perhaps is required to be put in uh, mm-hmm. for this competition. And high protein coconut flavor boba gummies that uh, add a fun texture. Mm, so this is a, yeah. So it provides a boost of energy from the added uh, 130 milligrams of caffeine mm-hmm. and continual nourishment for a demanding gaming session from Mm -hmm. the 21 grams of protein for the serving size of 16 ounce. So 
and 19 ounces of those proteins came from a dairy source. Oh, okay. Yeah. So interesting, right? Yeah, it really is. I like the protein part. I guess like protein also keeps you fuller for longer. And sometimes gamers forget to uh-huh. eat. <laughs> yeah, 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 so, exactly. Or, or they start to eat less yeah. uh, nutritious stuff. And it's interesting that they were used acid way. Because that's kind of a that's kind of like a waste product, right? From yep, from Greek yogurt production. Right, right. So that's interesting. Uh-huh. Yep. Nice. Yeah. yeah. This actually sounds pretty I like tasty. I'd love to try it if I can get my hands on them. Yeah. Yeah. It's some of the interesting products. Yeah, for sure. And and okay, I see. Uh, well, a shared commonality from the other finalists is that it has to be mess free. So it needs mm. to be something that's. Uh, either in a pouch or from a bottle mm-hmm, that's just, uh, mm-hmm. yeah got it got it yes uh-huh. definitely easier yep. to eat than like a spoonable yogurt yep exactly awesome yeah okay uh well last chunk of our recording do we want to touch on this um chat gpt this- is real disruption of yes. potentially to, to the beverage industry. Yes. So we, we talked a lot about beverages and we talked uh-huh. about how it's like complicated, but also simple, but also complicated, right? Depending uh-huh. on what you're making, right? Yep. Um, if you're making like another different flavored soda, it's it's easy. <laughs> it's carbonated yeah. water and flavor and some Amanda sugar. Amanda can right? help you out. Uh. <laughs> I can help you out. You can hit me up. <laughs> uh, but at the same yeah. time, there's also, you know, innovative things going on, right? While people are making like, hey, an oat creamer that doesn't separate when added to hot acidic coffee that might require mm-hmm. more technical work, etc. But, you know, looking at beverages as a whole, when it comes to the easier stuff, um, you know, Ben and I were thinking like, hey, is that something that can be outsourced one day to AI instead of having product developers make the, like, you know, create these formulations in the lab? Can AI mm-hmm. just figure out like what is popular with people, print out like what percentage of ingredients to add, and then just someone can yeah. just take that to a co-man and run it, slap a label on it and be like, hey, <laughs> this uh-huh. is my brand, right? And yeah. uh, Ben mentioned that there is this open AI, I guess, like interface thingy called Chat GPT. Yes. That actually does exactly what we just mentioned. Well, yeah. So this uh, Chat GPT was kind of a hit on the internet right now or uh, two weeks ago. So it's basically like a chatting interface that you can ask any. Well, it's supposed to do more conversational type of tasks, but people literally turn it into like a more uh, smarter Google per se that um, would just give you answers or instructions Mm -hmm. of any kind of things. So uh, as far as I know, things that has been tried was like students were asking the the bot to write an essay um, researchers have have asked it to to write a grant application, mm-hmm. uh, and um, uh, and and of course, uh, programmers have asked it to uh, write programs uh, right. based on some natural language descriptions. Uh, right, and as food taken, scientists, yeah. we also yeah. <laughs> have asked the program to write us formulations. Yes, yes, indeed. So, <laughs> uh, I was just pulling up the chat history here. 
Because yes. uh, we were talking about beverages, and part of the innovation in beverages is about concepts, right? Mm-hmm. Because if you can specify your needs to uh, an experienced formulator like Amanda, <laughs> thank uh, you. <laughs> like, like she she can make it happen, but you have to tell her what you want, right? So perhaps that's where uh, these type of uh, AI or these type of um, uh, just system money, like some thing that have a closer watch on the internet could help us with mm-hmm. uh yeah so what, so what did you try with the yeah. open ai just now yeah so a few things right so i i, I started with something super general just be just ask the open ai to say make me a a, a trendy drink right so and uh, by trendy drink uh, open ai immediately returned with a alcoholic drink of course uh, Yes. So <laughs> it is Christmas of... season. It is alcoholic <laughs> drinks are popular this time of the all times of the year, but particularly True. this time of the year. Yeah. So uh, it, it returned me a cocktail uh, recipe of uh, uh, which is called a cranberry cosmo. Oh. So it's a vodka based drink uh, with uh, with a lot of um, uh, sour and citrusy notes mm-hmm. coming from lime, orange. Uh, and cranberry, mm. so uh, it's uh, it's just a drink that it gives. Uh, what it gives is a list of ingredients uh, in ounces, yeah. uh, instructions of how to prepare it, and a small introduction of what this drink is about. Nice. And you said cranberry yeah. and lime, right? Lime. Yes. I feel like this AI really knows what is mainstream because that's actually the exact prototype that my company made oh, no. <laughs> to showcase our ingredients and alcoholics. Oh and my God. <laughs> yeah. We, well, that's a general observation or feedback yeah. from users is that yeah, this so AI general. gives very cliche answers. Yes. But the thing is uh-huh. cliche products work. People just want citrusy <laughs> things all the freaking time. <laughs> okay. I see. I see. Well, uh, so, then let's go to the more specific ones. I said, uh, so I tuned up my question a little bit and said, uh, make a trendy non-alcoholic drink for Gen Z. Mm-hmm. And um, the uh, response is still very structured, so with ingredients, instructions, and a small introduction of what it is. Um, and this time, it returned a mango coconut smoothie. Ooh. So, again, very tropical type of flavor. Mm-hmm. Um, I think also we also trendy, have that mass our, market. I think we also have that in our <laughs> prototype pantry. <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> yeah. Because mango coconut is such a tropical pairing of flavors that yeah. you see that pairing really frequently, actually. In yes, <laughs> yes, yes. Uh, well, so that that's what it gives um, yeah. for a non-alcoholic drink for Gen mm-hmm. Z, mm-hmm. right? And then as a uh, as food scientists, right? Yes. Well, uh, we wanted to push this boundary a little bit. So yes. this time, instead of asking to just make some type of beverages for me i also said uh make a trendy non-alcoholic drink with detailed formulation percentages so now uh, i'm really asking it to do our job right right right. (laughs) (laughs) and it returned something along the line of still ingredient instruction and introductions um and here it, it gives a 
tropical sunrise smoothie. So、mm. it's forty percent orange juice, thirty percent coconut water, twenty percent pineapple juice. So it's very similar.、Uh, yeah, still that coconut pineapple tropical type of、sure. uh, flavor combination, and ten percent、sure. honey with some ice.、Mm. Yeah, that's so, crazy because, like Ben, if you take、mm-hmm. a formula sheet like that, maybe tweak it a little bit. And you take it, <laughs> and you take it to a co-man in the Netherlands,、uh-huh. and you get a graphic designer and make your pretty label. Like you can legit、uh-huh. just like start your own beverage company. You 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 know what this should be like because the drink it tells us the drink of the name the the, the, oh, the name of the drink、it? right. So it it's、called? tropical sunrise smoothie. You know, we just put a... that into Dolly.、Yeah. <laughs> You don't need to do any thinking at all.、It、yeah, all yeah, and, and and this.、Uh, so so basically,、um, the chat bar gives me the recipe and the、uh, the concept uh, uh, the, name, the, the concept <laughs> name, and the、um, uh, the the AI artist will help、yeah. me with the label creations. And, wow.、Uh, a co-manufacturer would be able to make this thing. Yeah. I just pass them a spreadsheet. Yeah,、uh, maybe make like a little、it. nutrition facts panel, and then there you go. Yeah, you have a yeah, product. Yeah. yeah, I might not、uh-huh. be employable in ten years, so <laughs> it's time to start、um, upscaling、oh、in other areas. <laughs> oh wow! Yeah, but you know, general observation is that this is all very, um, let's say very, uh. Cliche type of like like very frequently you see these type of things on the internet, and it's、mm-hmm. also what is the, what the AI being trained, so it definitely returns something along those lines. Oh yeah, for sure.、Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's incredible it's because、problem. I think just like a couple maybe ten twenty years ago, if someone wrote like an AI chatbot. That chatbot <laughs> was like still learning proper grammar, and yeah, now it's yeah, yeah. already doing all sorts of things. So it's yes, interesting yes. what we will、Absolutely. see in ten years. I- Yes, I think one of the prioritizations of this bot is coherence and grammar,、mm-hmm. right? Like it doesn't write things that's broken.、Mm-hmm, Everything、mm-hmm. is in good grammar. Yeah. So, so it feels legit. <laughs> yeah, I mean, if we、uh-huh. had this when we were in like freshman writing in college, <laughs> we would not be in the library. We would、yeah. be partying all night. <laughs> exactly. Well, that's um, that's something here. So,、yeah. uh. Well, well, it's interesting. I would just want to also share. You can also yeah, play with it. Definitely.、Uh, so feel free to check it out. It's chat dot open ai dot com, right? Yes. Yes.、Uh, nice. And people probably have heard it from、uh, one field or the other.、Mm-hmm. Uh huh. Cool. So is that a wrap? I think that's a wrap. And if you have any questions or comments about our podcast,、uh, you can reach out us at.、Uh, Fih podcast at gmail dot com, and thanks for listening. Till next time. Bye bye.